Grace, mercy, and peace be to you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I have a confession to make to you. Out of all the books of the Bible, I really don't like reading the book of Numbers. I don't like reading this book, not simply because it has numbers in it, as the name implies, but because of the names. Numbers is a census of all the congregation of the people of Israel, by clans, by fathers' houses, according to the number of names, every male head by head. And the names, the so hard to pronounce names, start already five verses in. From Reuben, Eleuser, the son of Shadur, from Simeon, Shemaliel, the son of Zerishadai, from Judah, Nashon, the son of Aminadab, and on and on and on. It takes tremendous time and effort to try to read each name accurately, and it makes you question whether or not it's actually worth the effort. It'd be so much easier to read if they had names like Bob, Tom, Fred, Joe, Bill, but that's not the way it is. Now, it may not be an easy read, but these names are written in the Holy Scripture, and they have been preserved through the centuries for us. For these are names of people, and they matter. They matter to God. They are part of God's story of salvation for all people, for all humanity. We find this also in the Holy Scriptures when it comes to names. That the names of the people often tell us something about that person. Or rather, about the hopes or the expectations that the parents have in naming their children. We get this right from the beginning. Cain means gotten. Abel means vanity. Adam and Eve had some pretty high expectations and hopes for their firstborn, and much lower expectations and hopes for their secondborn. Then we have things like the prophet Hosea, where he names his children not based on his own hopes or expectations for his children, but as a witness against the rebellious people of God. He names one of his daughters Lo-Rumah, which means no mercy. And he names a son, Lo-Ami, which means, not my people. Well, And then we have these instances where, where God himself changes the names of certain people to reflect how their lives are changed by the promises and the purpose of God. Abram's name is changed to Abraham, which means father of many nations. Jacob's name is changed to Israel, which means struggles with God. Jesus changes Simon's name to Peter, which means rock, and Saul's name, which we read in Romans chapter 1, his name meaning desired, to Paul, which means little or humble. Names are important because names have meaning. And this is true. 
people do not uh, choose their own names. Names, in fact, are given. That's true then, as it is now. You didn't choose your name, did you? Your parents did. For whatever reason, they called you by your name. And as you were called by your first name, you were also called by their last name, the family name, the name that was passed down, that was inherited from your father's line. Now think about your name for a moment. You may love your name, or you may hate your name. Now hopefully you love your family and your family name, even if it's true that you don't always like your family. And I think that's a fair statement, isn't it? You all know that the the family that you were born into is a flawed family. You have parents who are flawed, you have siblings who are flawed, and even you yourselves are flawed. You know it from your own experience, and you believe it because the scriptures say so. See, the scriptures speak a little more clearly about our flaws They don't just say it's a flaw, they call it sin. And we see that from the very beginning, all who have the name human have dealt with the consequences of our first parent's choice. Certainly there has been family discord from the beginning, not only discord, but death. Cain, the begotten one, kills Abel, vanity, out of jealousy and pride. Parents have been bereft of their children ever since. Parents have made choices that have impacted their children in negative ways. Families have been flawed from the very beginning, steeped in sin. But from the very beginning, there was a plan to fix the flaw, to overcome sin, and to to set free parents and children from the consequences of death. See, the Heavenly Father promised a son, born into the family of humanity, who would put an end to sin and death, and who would give us a new family name, a new identity, and to connect each one of us to a greater story, a story of the Heavenly Father naming His Son. His name was deliberately chosen to communicate the Father's expectations, His purpose, and His will for His Son. You heard that story in the naming of, uh, of his naming of the gospel reading for today. This is where we find Joseph, betrothed to Mary, which means that legally they were married, but they had not yet physically consummated their marriage. Mary was a virgin, at least that's what Joseph thought, until he got news that she was pregnant. Now, Joseph was a righteous man. He wanted to do the right thing. He knew that the child that was conceived in Mary was not his own. So the situation was a bit of a mess. He loved her, and he didn't want to see her publicly shamed or even executed for her apparent adultery. So he made up in his mind to divorce her quietly. He decided that he would have nothing to do with Mary or the child that she carried. He would not know her. He would not name the child. And the child would not be called by his family name. Or so he thought. No, Joseph would not name the child, but not for reasons that he had in mind. The child already had a name. 
In a dream, the angel appeared to Joseph and revealed that the child who is carried in the, in the womb of Mary had a name that was above all other names. For this child was not an ordinary child. A divine mystery was revealed to Joseph as he encountered the messenger of the Lord. See, the child that was conceived in Mary was not by her choice or by her doing, but by the Lord's. The Holy Spirit so sanctified the womb of the virgin and knit together in the flesh of a woman an infant boy, a child of promise, fully God with no human father and yet fully human. The angel revealed that his name shall be called Jesus because he will save his people from their sin. Now, Joseph would not name this child, but this child would, in fact, take up the family name. See, after this encounter with the angel, Joseph was filled with faith stemming from this revelation. He was now bold to do what before he was afraid of. He took Mary into his home. He did not divorce her. He took her as his wife and yet did not consummate their marriage. And so Jesus then would take up the family name. He'd be known from the line and the lineage of Joseph, a great-grandson of David the king. This child named Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary for one purpose, to save his people from their sins. And his people were the Israelites. Mary and Joseph were both Israelites, descended, descendants of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and from all those difficult-to-pronounce names in the book of Numbers. It was from the Israelites that the Savior was promised, and it was to the Israelites that Jesus was born. The problem was, as St. John puts it, he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But see, it wasn't just the Israelites who rejected Jesus. This is true, he had taken up the family name, the lineage of Joseph, but, but he did more. He took up the flesh of mankind in his incarnation. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was born a baby boy. According to the flesh, Jesus received the family name of Adam. God took up the name of humanity. Though he was the perfect and right Adam, conceived of the Holy Spirit, this this child had no sin of his own. He was flawless. And Jesus was not received by his own. He was rejected. He was crucified. He was killed and he was buried. This is how Jesus has come to save from sin. He dies on a cross and he is laid in a tomb. Now his death may be unique, and that he was crucified. But he was laid to rest. He died. Just like everyone else does who bears the name human. But unlike anyone else in all of creation, Jesus doesn't stay in the grave. He rises over in victory over sin and death. And he lives and he reigns forever. See, while Jesus was sent to save his own, 
certainly saved others as well. And Matthew's gospel is full of Gentiles hearing and believing what is revealed about Jesus, that he is the world's savior from sin. That Jesus is the Savior from sin is a wonderful revelation, but there's still even more. Not only is he named Jesus because he is the Savior from sin, but he is named Emmanuel, literally God with us. A name to fulfill what was spoken by Isaiah the prophet centuries before the birth of Jesus. The child who is conceived by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary is both fully God and fully man. And as a child, as, a chi- as this child matures and begins his public ministry to save his people from their sin, he does so by being baptized like all the other repentant Israelites, heeding the call of John the Baptist. And there he bears the burden of his people's sin, their guilt, their shame, and he carries it to the cross and has it put to death. As fully God and as fully man, Jesus has come to save his people from their sin through his death and his resurrection. You understand that Jesus was born of the lineage of David to save his own people from their sin. For he came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, He gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of God. See the good news brothers and sisters in Christ is that you have believed in his name. You are a child of God. You were born Not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. For you were baptized into the name of God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You were crucified with Christ. And you were raised to newness of life. You are the Lord's. You now bear his family name. Jesus, the Son of God and the Son of Man, has set you free from all your guilt, all your shame, all your sin, because he carried it to the cross and had it put to death. You are his. You've been baptized into his name. And so the Holy Spirit has conceived faith in you to grab hold of this revelation hope for the fullness of the life that is still yet to be revealed. Jesus bore your name so that he could give you his. The name is important. And now because of him, your story is found in his story. For there is only one name by which all mankind will be saved from their sin. It's the name of Jesus. Amen. May the peace of God which passes all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Savior from sin. Amen.